Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek, his name is what? Apollyon. His name is what? Apollyon. Now, give me your attention, if you will. Notice, notice our first point. A star is fixed. A star is unfixed. Now, this chapter opens with the fifth angel sounding his trumpet, and again a star falls from heaven. Now I say again because in chapter 8, a star fell from heaven, and its name was Wormwood, which speaks of death. And a third of the rivers become so polluted that if you drank it, it would kill you. But this is a different star. This star has a personality. Did you see that in verse 1? He has a personality. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Now, the million-dollar question, who is the star? Who is this personality? Scholars have many, many, many different opinions and speculations as to who is the star. From Nero to Satan to the Antichrist to Jesus Christ, I believe this star is speaking of Satan himself. The star is Satan. Now, you want to note that this verse literally reads, in its original translation, it reads, I saw a star that had fallen from heaven, that had fallen. It speaks of an event that already happened at an earlier date, but had lingering results. It had fallen before, when Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, tells us about that fall. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, see, this is how the star Satan has fallen. Notice how many times she says, I, I, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. And then notice in verse 15, God's response. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol. That's hell. To the recesses of the pit. Satan, a star has fallen. And then Jesus In Luke chapter 10, verse 18, if you're taking notes, write that down. Look it up in your own time. The 70 disciples had just come back from a missionary trip, and they were excited. While they were on their missionary trip, they cast out 
demons and they had power over the devil and over demons and scorpions and they had power. And they came back and they said to Jesus, they said, we have power over demons and over scorpions and over sickness and in all kinds of evil. And they were excited. And Jesus said to them, he said, don't rejoice that you had power over the devil, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And then he went on to say, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, past tense. So we know as we put the scriptures together, we know that Satan was once an angelic being involved in worship whose heart became filled with pride. And the result was he got the boot out of heaven. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, look that up in your own time, tells us a third of the angels was cast out of heaven with him. So this star fallen from heaven to the earth, I believe his name is Satan. And notice again, if you will, in verse 11, look in your Bibles, he has another name in Hebrew, Abaddon. But in Greek, his name is Apollyon. Both these names mean destroyer. Destroyer. Now you can learn a lot about a person, a biblical character, by understanding their name. You can learn a lot about them. Abraham means the father of many, and he was that. Enoch, his name means dedicated, and he was that. Goliath, his name means a heap. Now, I don't know why his name is a heap. Maybe he was just so big they thought he was a heap of a guy, I guess. I don't know. And then Jesus, of course. His name means Savior. And certainly he was that. Amen? He was our Savior. And Satan means opposition. Satan means adversary. Satan means contrary to, opposed to, and he most certainly is opposed to Christians. Satan is the superhuman enemy of God. Satan is the superhuman enemy of God's people, of Christians. Satan hates anything that is like God. Satan hates anything that is good. Satan hates anything that is right, anything that is holy. Satan hates Christians. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said that Satan has come to what? To kill, to rob, and destroy. He hates you. On my trip, this last couple of weeks, I was uh, speaking uh, at many churches and, and, and at several conferences. And I was speaking on three great enemies of the faith, talking about the fact that Satan hates Christians. And I think that one of the reasons why many Christians are so defeated in their walk as a Christian because they don't realize that there is a real battle, a real spiritual warfare going on in the, in the world. 
that we don't realize that if we could pull back what we now see in this room as reality, I think if you could just kind of peel it back, you know, like you would do a label, if you could peel it back, you would see demonic angelic beings and you would see godly angelic beings doing battle for your soul. And I think we forget about that. We forget that there's a spiritual element going on. Even in your house where there is problems and situations in your marriage or there's problems with your children or there's problems at work, don't be so quick to discount the fact that there is a spiritual battle going on. Satan hates you. Number one rule of military strategy is to understand your enemy, to know your enemy. Well, Christian, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, if you're going to be victorious in your life as a Christian, number one, understand your enemy. Understand he's not your friend. Satan hates you. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. No matter what language you speak, no matter what culture you're from, the devil is an equal opportunity destroyer. Satan is not a racist. Satan does not discriminate between the races. He destroys everybody and he hates you. He's not your friend. He's no enemy to play with. He's mean. He's ugly. Even his very name is mean and ugly. I mean, how many new mothers are thinking of naming their son Satan? How many kids on the block do you know named the devil? Does anybody name their kid the devil? No. His name, his very name speaks of that which is evil. Someone once suggested, if you look closely at his name, the devil D-E-V-I-L. Everything about his name is evil. Take away the D, what do you have? Evil, because Satan is evil. Take away the E, what do you have? Vile, because Satan is vile. Take away the V, what do you have? Ill, because Satan is ill. Yuck, man. Take away the I, what do you have? L, because that's where he wants to take you. He wants to take you to L. You knew that, right? He wants to take as many people as possible. See, Satan knows that his time is winding down. I completely believe that he knows that Jesus is planning to come soon. I don't believe he knows exactly when. But I believe he knows soon. And he's trying to take as many people with him as possible. What do you think is going on in our youth today? Satan has stepped up his attacks. What do you think April 20th, 1999, Littleton, Colorado, Columbine High School was about? You think that was about two guys having a bad day? No. It was about Satan stepping up his attacks on the youth of America because he knows his time is short. I was recently reading an article and it it told of the morning of the murders. Eric Harris and Dylan Klebel left behind a videotape. And on the videotape, 
He said, Eric Klebold, uh, Dylan Klebold said, we are ready for our little judgment day. Klebold said goodbye to his parents. He said, I don't like life much. Just know I'm going to a better place on the video. How sick is that? I mean, the day that you're going to commit such atrocities, the day that you're going to commit such murders, and you say, oh, I know I'm going to a better place. Satan is stepping up his attacks, and especially on Christians. Who did they attack first? Christians. Those who were willing to give a witness in their lives, give, give their testimony for Jesus Christ, even looking down the barrel of a gun. Satan knows he has come, just like Jesus said, to rob, to kill, and to destroy, just like Jesus said, a star, Satan, unfixed. Which brings us to our second point. Notice a pit unlocked. Notice in verse 2 of your Bible, he was given the key to the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit, now, this phrase, bottomless pit, is the Greek word abuso, A-B-U-S-S-O. And it appears seven times in the book of Revelation. It means the pit of the abyss or shaft of the abyss. And it's always a reference to the home of incarcerated demons or demon jail. This is or this is the same place where the demons that Jude talks about in verse 6, who did not keep their first estate. This is where they go, to the bottomless pit, the abyss. The bottomless pit is a place where Satan will be locked up for a thousand years during the thousand-year reign of Christ. Hell, the abyss, it's a real place. It really is a real place. Now, it amazes me. I've never ceased to be amazed that people are so willing to accept a literal heaven, but are so willing to reject a literal hell. You know, as a pastor, doing funerals, and, you know, I've never, never met a family who said, oh, I'm so sad, my loved one, my dearly departed loved one is in hell right now. That has never happened. They do say, though, Oh, I know they're in a better place. I know they're in heaven. You know, the Bible teaches just like there's a real heaven, you guys, there's also a real hell. There's a real hell. Isaiah and Ezekiel, they tell us that hell is a pit and hell is down beneath the earth. And then Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, look it up in your own time. Hell is in the heart of the earth. Jesus said, Hell is in the heart of the earth. Now, I find this fascinating. Scientists are now discovering something that Jesus said 2,000 years ago. Scientists are now saying that our earth is a ball and has a core that is hollow. And that hollow ball is full of flames, they say, fire and brimstone, molten lava in the center of the earth. They say, scientists say, that the temperatures are so hot that they can't even record them. They say this hollow ball is approximately 11 to 16 feet below sea level or below the surface of the sea. 
11 to 16 miles, pardon me, from the ocean floor. And every time they measure, they say, the hollow ball in the center of the earth, they say, get this, it grows larger and larger and larger. That blows me away. Why? Because Isaiah chapter 5 verse 14 reads this, Therefore Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. Isaiah told us that hell enlarges itself. In other words, there is a construction project constantly going on in hell. 85 to 100,000 people a day die on this planet. 85 to 100,000 people die on the planet every day. And most of those people go to hell. Isn't that sad? And, and, and because of that, hell is enlarging itself. Now, there are some people who say, how could a loving God send people to hell? Listen, a loving God does not send people to hell. A loving God has never decided, never deemed people to go to hell. Hell was created, this place, Sheol, was created for the devil and his demons and his angels, not for people. A loving God sent Jesus Christ, listen, a loving God sent Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross so that people would escape hell. Amen? That's what Jesus did. He doesn't want people to go to hell. He hasn't created hell for people. He wants people to be in heaven. How could a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. He never has. He sent his son that people might escape hell. The Bible teaches hell is a real place. Now, during the tribulation, the key to the abyss, notice, is given to Satan and he has freedom like he has never had before. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that Satan rules hell. Satan is a victim in hell. Satan never has ruled anything, to tell you the truth. He's a victim in hell. He's not the ruler. Remember, the Lord has given him the key. And he can only use that key when the Lord tells him to. And then he can only use it for as long as the Lord tells him to, five months. Oh, Satan's not in control here. So he takes the key, he unlocks the pit, smoke comes out, and the sun and the air were darkened and people can hardly breathe. It's a very eerie scene. And notice when the smoke comes forward, a horde is unleashed, our third point. Notice in verse 3 with me again in your Bibles. I want to read it again. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing, only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Now notice that the pit opens, the smoke comes out. But when it comes out, the smoke comes out, these creatures that are scary, they come forward out of the smoke and they terrorize man. 
God allows demonic hordes previously imprisoned to come to the earth like a swarm of destructive locusts. These locusts are a visual representation of an army of demons. Now, in the Bible, if you're taking notes, 22 times in the Bible, from Exodus to Malachi, locusts are seen, and they're always used for judgment. And they travel in masses and create mass destruction. Now, I want you to notice something here. These locusts are not normal locusts because normal locusts, they eat grass. Normal locusts, they eat green. They eat vegetation. Normal locusts eat the earth. But these locusts, notice they are instructed not to eat the grass or anything green, but these locusts feast on people. They feast on all those who don't have the seal of God. Chapter 7, 144,000 Jewish believers are sealed by God. And all of those people who become Christians during the tribulation period are sealed by God. These locusts are instructed to strike those who do not have the seal. All of those who are Christ-rejecting can be stung by these scorpions. Oh, no, these are not natural. These are not natural locusts. Absolutely not. Notice also again in verse 11, notice it says that they have a king. You see that? Now, Proverbs 30, verse 27, clearly tells us locusts have no king. Like bees have a king and a queen. Locusts have no king. Solomon tells us that. So these locusts, they don't have they have a king. These demon locusts do. And notice their appearance in verse 7 through 10. I want you to notice the description. Very interesting. Their shape was like horses prepared for battle. This speaks of their power and defiance. Demons are like racehorses, bred to run, filled with energy for destruction. Notice their faces were like the face of men. This speaks of their intelligence. They are able to differentiate between believers and non-believers. Notice, sting only those who don't have the seal. You know, it's amazing. People, they believe in spirit guides. They believe in angels, but they don't believe in demons. Well, I've had someone tell me, Rodney, come on, man. Demons, get real. You got to be kidding me. Listen, the Bible teaches demons are real. In a nationwide survey, telephone survey, a thousand seven people were asked, did they think that the devil was a living being or just a symbol of evil? 62% said they felt like Satan was just a symbol of evil. 30% believed that Satan was a living being and 8% had no opinion. Another poll was done. People were asked whether they thought hell existed as an actual location or a place of physical torment. Only 31% thought hell was an actual place of torment. 31% thought hell was an actual place of torment. Listen, during the tribulation, 100% of the people will believe in a literal devil. Amen? They will. 100% of the people will believe in a literal hell. Notice their description. These locusts, they had hair that was like a woman's hair. 
long. This speaks of their seductiveness. Demons rarely show up as demons. They are seductive and seducing spirits. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. It speaks of their ability to devour and to tear apart. It's reported, I heard a couple days ago, that uh, lion's teeth carry tremendous amounts of infection. And so if someone is bit during this tribulation period, the infection will just spread. It won't heal at all. They have a breastplate of iron. Notice that, which speaks of their indestructibility. And the sound of their wings were like many chariots. This speaks of their ability to travel at very high speeds, and they cannot be escaped. They pursue. And notice they have tails like scorpions. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.